0: This is the On The Banks Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at OTB underscore SB Nation. Now, here's your host, Lance Glynn.
1: Hello, everyone. I am, of course, your host, Lance Glynn, and this is episode 34 of the On The Banks Podcast. If you don't already, you can follow me on Twitter at Lance underscore G11. And, of course, you can follow On The Banks on Twitter as well at OTB underscore SB Nation. If you want to listen to any of our previous episodes, you can find them on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. Just search On The Banks Podcast. You can find them on SoundCloud. Just search OTB underscore SB Nation. And of course, you can find all of our episodes at OnTheBanks.com. The NCAA tournaments are here. Rutgers, of course, is represented in the Women's NCAA Tournament by the seventh-seeded Scarlet Knights, and Rutgers Wrestling has a host of wrestlers competing in Pittsburgh. For all the coverage of every Rutgers sport in the regular season, like the spring sports, the postseason, like the winter ones, or the off season, like the fall sports, make sure to go to onthebanks.com. I mentioned before the women's basketball team is a seventh seed in the NCAA tournament. They will take on tenth seeded Buffalo in the round of 64 on Friday at 4:30 p.m. in Stores, Connecticut. To preview the tournament and talk about the mindset of the team going into Stores to take on Buffalo. I am pleased to be joined on this episode by the interim head coach of the Rutgers women's basketball team, Tim Eatman. But before I speak with Coach Eatman, I want to recap the season overall. It was one of great highs for Rutgers. Of course, see Vivian Stringer's 1,000th win, a road win at Maryland, a real home court advantage at the Rack. This team improved as the year went on, hit a little bit of of a slide uh, in the middle of the season, but they rebounded from that adversity. And, and I think that was the most important thing that came out of this season. You know, they faced adversity through player dismissals, through a little bit of a slide, obviously losing Coach Stringer as she went on leave, but they've rebounded from that adversity and they've used that as motivation. And look, sure, you know, a small losing streak happened, but the resiliency that this team showed the whole year was, was admirable. I know when the bracket came out, everyone looked past the round of 64, said seriously and shook their head. A potential matchup with UConn again in the round of 32. Now, I understand the anger and the frustration towards the committee, but as fans, we got to take it game by game. Don't look towards UConn just yet. Focus on Buffalo and focus on moving on into that second round. The name of the game in any tournament is survive and advance. That's what Rutgers needs to focus on going forward. Survive every game they play and just advance to live another day.
0: Time to talk to the coaches. Here's your host, Lance Glenn.
1: He took over head coaching duties on an interim basis for C. Vivian Stringer in late February and has helped the program secure their first NCAA tournament appearance since 2015. I am now pleased to be joined by Coach Tim Eadman. Coach, first off, congratulations on making the tournament. Thanks for coming on the podcast.
0: Thank you so much. Thank you so much.
1: Before we discuss Friday's game against Buffalo, let's look at how the team got here, beginning with you stepping in late February. For health reasons, obviously, Coach Stringer goes on leave and you are named the interim head coach. What was that feeling and process like for you? You know, you obviously worry about Coach Stringer. She's your friend, someone, you know, your mentor, someone you've worked with for a long time. But you also have to turn your focus to the team. You have an NCAA tournament berth on the line, you know, games to win. What was that process and that feeling like for you when you were named interim head coach?
0: Well, the interesting thing is when I, when I talked to her, um, they told me that I have a couple minutes to speak with her. And when she first got on the phone, she just told me that, hey, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna step away from the program for a few. I need to do a couple things with my health and get my energy back going. And but she said one thing to me. She said I'll be back for the NCAA tournament. And when I got off the phone, I thought for a second, So wait a minute. That means in order for her to be back for the NCAA tournament, we got to be in the NCAA tournament. So 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 coach has a, a interesting way of of getting you ready to prepare for the moment when you, when you don't even know she's preparing you for it. Uh, So, you know, she's been, been a mentor to me and like a mom to me all my life. And the last thing we wanted to do is let her down. Uh, This team has stepped up to the, stepped up to the plate. Uh, They've been extremely disciplined. They've been extremely focused. Uh, They've been playing, playing very, very hard for each other. And because of that, uh, with them sharing the basketball and, and playing tenacious defense, Um, we feel like we got a chance to beat anybody in the country and thankful that we got a chance to get on a little run here going down toward the end of the season.
1: You know, I'm sure the players, when they first found out, they were, you know, extremely surprised uh, to hear that Coach would be taking a medical leave. But throughout the season, since that happened, they've seemed to use it as motivation to play for Coach Stringer. How have the players responded since you took over in, Febr- in February? And what about their response really makes you proud? Because, like I said, they've really used that as motivation. They're playing for Coach Stringer. When a team loses its coach for any reason, it could very easily fold. But but this team hasn't done so.
0: Well, it, it speaks to a lot about the character as people. Um, you know, Station Carey is a, is the type of young person that's that's always going to speak positive for everybody in the in the locker room. Uh, Victoria Harris has a a tremendous way of leading uh, herself. Um, Sharice Wilson is more of a a silence, you know, more like, come follow me while I do it. Uh, So they've all have their way of putting their stamp on this basketball team. But the thing about it is that their love for Coach and their love for each other has has shown up tremendously right now because they know when their back is against the wall that we have to come out fighting it. Um, And Coach does a – I tell people every day that it's not a day that doesn't go by that I don't learn something from Coach. And shame on us if we can't do what we need to do to get to the next level while she's taking a a break and trying to get back healthy. Um, She's taught this team. uh, She's led this team. She's been with Victoria for four years, station for three, and Sharice for one. Uh, But they all understand that what she puts her heart and soul into this program that – it's time for us to do our our part of that, and we have to do the same thing. Uh, so we're just we're just happy to that she's that she's good. We're happy that she's that she's healthy. We're happy that she's smiling right now. She talked to the team last Thursday, and let the team know she wasn't going to be a part of the NCAA tournament. But the kids felt relieved because they got a chance to see her, and they they felt good that she was going in the right direction, and they were thankful for that
1: looking at the entire season as a whole from the first game against St. Francis to now heading to an NCAA tournament uh, round one against Buffalo. What are some areas this team has really improved on to get to how they are playing right now?
0: I think the chemistry of this team is, is finally getting to where we need it to be. Um, I think they're learning to share the basketball with each other. Uh, I think they're learning to play harder for each other. Uh, We have our moments uh, where that we struggle trying to do things and struggle with communicating, Um, but the willingness to try to work through it uh, is a credit to them. Uh, They've done a tremendous job of playing hard on the defensive end. Their their tenacity to play the 55 has been incredible. Uh, Their willingness to give of themselves so that we can be a better basketball team has been great. Uh, So I think from day one, we knew we had the parts but we didn't know how the parts was going to come together. And right now we're finding found the parts coming together as as one unit.
1: Girls like Arela Garantis, uh, Victoria Harris, Stacia Carey, they're really your rocks, but we have seen players improve as the season goes on and come up big in big spots. Takiyah Mack came up huge against Indiana. Zippy Broughton has played really well as of late. Sierra Calhoun, Sharice Wilson, the names go on and on. What does their in-season improvement say about how Coach Stringer, yourself, and your fellow assistants, and the players as well, What does it say about how they work to get better each and every day, you know, not just being complacent about their craft?
0: Well, everybody has to carry their own weight and everyone has to be willing to to play together and everyone has to be willing to step up to the plate at the moment. You know, each one of these kids have, have worked hard. And so I think a lot of times we talk about you shouldn't be nervous if you're prepared. If you've done the work and you're prepared to, for the moment, you'll be fine. It's when you haven't done the work and when you haven't prepared for the moment when you're nervous. And I think Takia, you know, against Indiana, she, she stepped up to the plate. Uh, Zippy did a great job at Ohio State stepping up to the plate. You know, uh, in the in the, big, the Big Ten tournament, Noga hit the Big Three at the end of the quarter to help us get ready to go into the fourth quarter when we made our run. So everybody's had their moments to, to help make this team shine. Um, you know, Station and AG, uh, Arillo Garantes, they're, they're the kids that, that we depend on a lot, but their supporting cast and the people that surround them have, have made their jobs a lot easier.
1: Let's look at the NCAA tournament, Coach. You know, first, I want to hear the team opinion regarding what happened on Monday. So every team, obviously, with the hope of making the tournament, was set up to watch the reveal at 7 p.m. The bracket ended up coming out two hours early, really diminishing any watch parties or fan gatherings that programs around the country were scheduled to have. You know, I'm sure you guys had something scheduled at 7 p.m., but what was that like to— Find out that the bracket's coming out two hours early. Got to get the team together. You know, what was going through your head? What was the team doing? What was going on when you found out that the bracket was going to be released at 5 p.m. as opposed to 7 p.m. like it was originally
0: planned? I, I thought it was, you know, it took us a little while to get get focused in practice. Um, it, it was devastating to us because you, you waited for that moment, and when you waited for that moment to, uh, to hear your name call, and to be with your friends and your, like to us, we represent Rutgers University. And to us, we represent this community in New Jersey. So we wanted to share with our fans. We wanted to share with the people that love us the most. We wanted to share with our administration. And and when you get a chance to, to give a gift of going to the NCAA tournament to the people that support you the most, and you don't give a chance to give that gift to them and share it with them, it's a letdown. Uh, KK Sanders, who's one of our captains, was, she was heartbroken uh, because they, they worked so hard for those moments and uh, and the ability to share it with everybody else and they didn't get that opportunity. But like I told them, they're not the only team that didn't get the moment. Uh, everybody in the country was scrambling trying to figure out where we need to do it. And, and the people who was practicing at the time got a chance to hear that name call and get on the court. Uh, and, and see the celebration. But our kids was in the weight room. They was lifting at the time. Uh, people was trying to rush them down the stairs to hear the name and then they actually they walking down the stairs to hear the name. Uh, so it was tough on them uh, because they worked so hard for that moment. Uh, but at the end of the day, um, they didn't get anything. It wasn't anything less to them than anybody else uh, received. So, you know, we have to put it behind us and, and recognize that that we our name was called and that we're going. And so what we did as a staff, we gave them some space and we let them watch the show over again at seven o'clock. And when they got a chance to watch the show over to hear their name call, it was it was tremendous for those kids.
1: So coach, you're watching the selection show and Rutgers pops up. I know obviously the players were disappointed that they didn't, you know, get that traditional seven PM selection show, but when they saw their name pop up there, just how validating and rewarding was it for you, the staff, the players? To get back to the tournament for the first time since 2015, especially since you know you faced adversity, you went through a losing streak this year. What did it mean to get back to the tournament for the first time since 2015?
0: I felt blessed for for Rutgers University um, because this this is what we this is what the university stands for excellence, and I felt great for our administration because they weren't working extremely hard i mean if you look when you come outside the rack you got a new facility being built you know you go over to football you got another facility being built um so th- the administration has been working extremely hard for every sport not just women's basketball but men's basketball and football to be to have these moments like this uh so i felt proud for the administration and the university and then i felt proud for the people in new jersey because who wants to fill out their brackets and their own team is not in the brackets. Um, so we felt proud to give them that moment. So when they're filling out their brackets and it's, they see their name Rutgers uh, they can pencil their team in and it, it's, 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 great water cooler talk and, and lunch talk. And when you walk riding in the elevator with your people during March, trying to get to the TV. So it's an exciting time and Rutgers need to be a part of that excitement.
1: You know, I don't know if you've spoken to her uh, since the bracket was announced, but how much do you think this meant to C-Viv? I, I, you know, look, she's obviously been on leave uh, at the end of the regular season, the Big Ten tournament, and she she won't be coaching during the NCAA tournament. She's been there plenty of times, has obviously had great success there. But with everything that happened last year, getting snubbed, not making the tournament, the adversity the team faced this year, how special do you think this was for her getting back to the NCAA tournament once again?
0: I think is it was, I think on a scale of one to ten, it was a twenty-six. <laughs> you know, uh, that's the, you know, it it was really really special for her uh, because coach is the foundation of this program, and she's worked so hard to build a quality program here at Rutgers. And when you get snubbed last year, uh, it's a more of a sense of urgency this year to not let that happen again. Uh, but Coach always tells us that it's up to, if it's if it's meant to be, it's up to you to do it. It's not we, we don't need to lean on someone else to to fight our battles. We have to fight our battles ourselves, and we have to control the things that we can control. And we can control winning if we play hard. Um, so I, I'm so happy for her, and I know she was so happy for our kids. And, you know, and Coach probably would never even think about herself. She's thinking about these young people in in the room that's trying to get to the next, get to the second round the NCAA tournament, something they've never done before. Uh, so I, I think she's a tremendously happy.
1: So coach, you'll travel to stores, take on uh, Buffalo on Friday. Obviously it was just revealed Monday, but from what you know about Buffalo and what you've seen on film so far, what are some of the strengths they possess that could possibly give your team fits?
0: I, I tell you, uh, one of my players was joking with me a few minutes ago. She said, um, I heard that you you're always here at 8 o'clock you know, in the morning, you know, you probably need to get home and get some sleep. <laughs> um, they, they're not allowing us to sleep. Um, Dillon is one heck of a basketball player, you know, average 25 plus a game. And, and she's not a ball hog, you know, she's not a volume shooter. She averaged 11 assists a game. Um, she plays within a comfort zone. She don't rush. Uh, their four players, probably one of the best rebounders. We're going to play against. She reminds you a little bit of the young lady that played at Minnesota. They got 21 rebounds against us. Uh, so each one of these kids present a different challenge. Uh, we have to be dialed in, focused. We have to be locked in to have an opportunity to win uh, because they're a Sweet 16 team last year, um, and they're bringing back the lead score. Um, they have tremendous guard play. One of the point guards, is a great shooter. The Other point guard is is good quickness. So they give you multiple different different looks at in the in the game. Uh, they're going to play some matchup zone. It looks a little bit like a rover at some time. Then it it it, it weaves its way into a two three zone, uh, and they put great pressure on the basketball. They're going to try to do a little bit of fifty five. They're going to do a little bit of fifty four. They're going to do a little bit of three two. Uh, so they're they're going to bring a lot of challenges to our game but good the good thing about is we get a chance to to practice at home um we get a chance to get another practice in tomorrow before we head before we drive up to connecticut and so with that being said we're going to be prepared Uh, our kids are going to be ready to go Uh, but we're expecting a great game Um, so it's going to be a tremendous game
1: this Buffalo team is coached by Felicia Jack. You know she's been around almost two decades as a head coach. She's really had success everywhere she went with Hofstra, Indiana, now Buffalo. How familiar are you with Coach Felicia Jack and some of the teams she has coached in the past?
0: Well, let's let's make it a, let's, let's let's make the circle really small, okay? Felicia Jack played at Syracuse, and her first job was with Coach Stringer's assistant coach, Mariana Freeman. So coach, coach Freeman, who I replaced at Iowa, went to Syracuse as the head coach, and on her staff was Felicia Jack. So you can imagine that it's a close-knit family uh, because we've known her so long, and she's done a tremendous job every place she's been. Uh, at Hofstra, as you talked about, Indiana and in the Big Ten, as you talked about. and uh, she's She's doing great things at Buffalo. She's been there seven years now. Um, it always takes about eight years to really build a quality program, and the quality of her program you're getting a chance to see right now. But it's a small world. Uh, Coach Freeman was with Coach. Coach Freeman played for Coach Stringer. Coach Freeman coached with Coach Stringer and helped her get to her last final four at Iowa. And now to be coaching against um, Felicia, and who 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 started in the business with Coach Freeman, uh, it's a tremendous honor for us.
1: A couple more coach before I let you go. Coach, you took over as the interim head coach, uh, but I know you'll agree with me that so much credit has to go to your assistants Nadine Domond and Kelly Gibson for the, you know, easy transition and and everything that's happened since you took over. How easy has the rest of the staff made your transition though? And how have they helped you since you took over in late February because, you know, you you've been a head coach before, but you you're coming on, you know, right in the middle of a season. How has the staff helped you transition into that role?
0: I think everybody's bought in to try and win. Um, everybody's is selfless and given of themselves to to prepare. Um, not only am I here uh, to aid in the morning, but everybody else is here as well. Everybody's bought into how well we need to be and how, how disciplined we need to be and how and prepared we need to be for our young kids. Uh, because if we don't give them the information, they can't go out and play. So we want to make sure that we we have it where they can play as hard as they can play. Um, we spent we spent time today uh, individually working with the kids in the film room. Uh, we got a chance to get on the court and shoot with them, and then we got a chance to practice. So everybody is is dialed in. Um, Coach Jamone does a great job. Coach Coach Gibson does a great job, and and Coach Edwards, who has. Putting on another hat and gone from being director of basketball operation to being on the court with us has been tremendous. Uh, you know, Coach Yachman has took on the, the role of uh, director of basketball operations. So everybody's taken another step up to help this program be successful. And and we all do that because we love Coach so much. And that's one thing that Coach would, would, would want us to do.
1: Last one, Coach, and I know you're not going to like it, but I got to ask it, you know. I don't want to jump the gun. I was talking about how you have to look only at Buffalo, but I know listeners of the podcast would be mad if I didn't ask. If you beat Buffalo on Friday, you'll most likely have a second-round matchup against UConn in round two. Of course, this would be the second straight tournament the program has made where you played UConn in round two in stores. What are your thoughts on potentially being matched up with Connecticut again and the seeding overall? Look, UConn's a two-seed. Some may say they should have been a one-seed. But we all know the history of the Rutgers-Yukon rivalry. So what's your thoughts on potentially having to play Gino Auriemma and his Connecticut squad in round two in stores uh, over the weekend?
0: Well, if we're fortunate enough to win on Friday, it would be Coach Stringer's 500th victory at Rutgers University. So the first thing we're going to do is celebrate that. Uh, the second thing we're going to do is is start dialing into our next opponent, which would probably be UConn. Um, their program Success speaks for itself uh, What Geno has done And his staff um, Chris and, and Shay and all those people On that staff What they have done with that, that program is, is great The good thing about college basketball Is that you have to play one game For 40 minutes And you don't have to play the best Four out of seven You just gotta play one And whoever brings their best game that night And that time gets a chance to move on it's not the nba where you got to beat somebody four games or it's not it's not baseball where you got to beat somebody for you just got to play 40 minutes and and i believe if we're, we're given that challenge our kids is going to be ready to play that 40 minutes of basketball and we look forward to it and i know our ruckus fans are going to be excited about it um so it's they've had we've had great wars with uconn uh being in the big east so um, we're looking forward to the challenge but i tell you what We don't even want to think about UConn because if you blink, Buffalo will smack us in our face and we'll be back at home on Saturday morning.
1: Rutgers Women's Basketball Interim Head Coach Tim Eatman. Coach, good luck Friday against Buffalo. We Rutgers fans and alumni will be watching diligently, hoping that the team pulls out a win and moves on to round two. Good luck.
0: Yeah, and we hope we make you all proud, too.
1: I want to thank Coach Eatman for coming on the podcast before Rutgers begins NCAA tournament play. I really appreciate him coming on and taking the time to talk about the season and preview the first round game against Buffalo. I really enjoyed hearing his final answer regarding possibly playing UConn in round two. If the time comes to play Gina Warriam in Connecticut, then the players will worry about that hurdle when it happens. But until it happens, the team is focused only on Buffalo. Coach Eatman said it best. Buffalo was a sweet 16 team last year. They brought back their leading scorer. They're very well coached. And if Rutgers looks past them, they will be headed home. They'll be in for a rude awakening and heading back to Piscataway, a one and done in the tournament. That's why it's so important that don't look past Buffalo towards Connecticut. Just look straight at the first round game on Friday. The game on Friday at 430 is one Rutgers could win and and one they'll probably be favored in. They get the extra days at home to practice considering stores is within driving distance. And like they have since she went on leave, they are playing for Coach Stringer. They want to win for her and continue the season for her. It's been a fun season for the Scarlet Knights, and we fans wish them the best of luck here on the Banks. Follow On The Banks on Twitter at
0: OTB underscore SB Nation and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Just search On The Banks Podcast.